0: Welcome to the art studio. I am your host Dan Burke I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out. Well well, I'm pounding away here on my Fletcher Hanks project and I've got about four pages left and the book is done I've been coloring them as I go so by the time I get to that last page I should be nearly done with the book and that's cool I set up an artist note page inside the book and uh, done some test printing found some mistakes always good to proof your stuff I found and it's working out pretty well my computer has begun to have some weird hiccups so I shot out and bought myself another giant drive and have backed up the computer I have a triple backup now of all the files that I have running, and I've unplugged all those. That way, if there's a cascading virus or failure or something goes wrong, I won't lose everything. You know, things happen in life that are so crazy that uh, you really can't understand how it came to this. You know, I live in a small town in the middle of nowhere, and... There's a reason for that. <laughs> Listen to what I just said. If I wanted to, I could live in Maui, I could live in any place I wanted. I'm lucky that my job affords me the ability to live anywhere I want in the United States, uh, if I so choose. And uh you know, I think that uh well if you go back into the annals of this uh show history, if you go back, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 shows, you see a show or you listen to a show where I address directly Jeff Lafferty. I'm not going to go over all the crap again with Jeff Lafferty, except that for some reason, he is still out there pissed off about me and thinking that I am emailing him or I'm somehow citing violence against him, or I'm somehow against him in some way. Let me just say it clearly. I don't give a shit about him. I don't care what he does. I don't care where he goes. I do care that he goes on the internet and tells people that I'm somehow bugging the crap out of him when he's been the one bugging the crap out of me. Oh my God, he has bugged the living crap out of me. I got two emails today from him today well well, you know i just want to say something very clearly i am not after him don't care about him not not angry with him uh sort of weirded out by him and i guess the way he is weirded he pretends to be weirded out by me like dan is trolling me and emailing me and doing all this crap well none of that's true I don't give, like again, a damn what he does. He's he's free to do whatever he wants to do, whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. You know, someone contacted me and said, hey, you've got to look into this. So, And that's what I do. I look into it. And so I did. In the big scope of things, it's pretty harmless, really, because it's not true. But you know what? I have no problem setting the record straight. It's kind of like, You know, I don't mind people being mad at me for what I do, but not for what I don't do. You know, Jeff came along last year, you know, long story short, pretended to be my friend, I guess, or whatever he was doing, and then he got pissed off at me one day, and we stopped being friends. And I'm still not sure why he got pissed off. I don't care. And, you know, he and I went back and forth and back and forth. Again, you can go back and listen to my show and see how it went. But right in the middle of that, since that time, I looked at him, and he's like living in a shack in the middle of nowhere, making no money. And I said, this is absolutely pointless for me and for him, frankly. You know, it's like, what am I fighting with this poor bastard for? He doesn't have two nickels to rub together. It doesn't make any sense. You know, in other words, if I sue Jeff for defamation of character, which I would do if he had money, that would make sense. But it doesn't make any sense. You know, I monitor all my emails with another private service there's a third party who checks what i do what i say and how i conduct myself now you're saying why would someone do that why would someone keep a diary of what they do and who they write to that way nobody can come along and lie about what you say and what you do you can verify what you do so you know jeff and i went back and forth and i have the documentation of all that crap and you know what he and i never threatened each other physically Jeff kept demanding money from me or he was going to reveal my secret that I'm this gay person and I don't care if he reveals it. It's not a secret. I've already talked about who I am and what I'm about and don't give a damn what people think, especially him. But he wrote me about five letters demanding money, essentially trying to blackmail me. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he's a huge weirdo pain in the ass. The exact same thing he says about me. So I guess it's all a bit of perspective. From his point of view, anybody that, you know, whatever stands up to him. I didn't even stand up to him. I just got tired of him bugging me. It's it's the weirdest, craziest thing, one, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me on the Internet. And his name is Jeff Lafferty. You know, I'm not saying I'm an angel. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying that this guy has harassed the hell out of me and then pretended that I am harassing him. That's the fact. That's how I see it. That's the way I understand it. And I don't get it. I don't understand why he keeps coming back. What What is he trying to gain out of this? I'm completely clueless on the whole thing. It makes no sense. But I'm going to address it and call it out right here because these are the facts. You know, most of my life is spent taking care of my daughter, working on my books, and and doing my thing. I mean, that's what I'm up to. And, you know, I'm pretty concerned with the state of America right now. I think we lack leadership in this country in a way that is absolutely frightening. It's off the hook. I don't know, know who to vote for in the upcoming election because it seems like every one of them is bat crazy. That's the truth. They all seem crazy to me at some respects, or have flaws, or, you know, I guess the closest thing I have to someone to vote for is Bernie Sanders, because I love his ideas of breaking up the banks and breaking up those big corporations that are running the world. He's the only one even talking about it. Now, I don't think he's going to get elected, but thank God he has brought up the discussion so that people, even in a small way, are aware of what's going on. You know, in Flint, Michigan, the water is poison. And that is just indicative of what's going to happen all over the country. They would rather not invest in clean water, schools, hospitals, all the things that people need, and let the whole middle class and the lower class just go to hell in this country. They don't care. The top 0.01 percent Are richer now than they've ever been, and everybody else, that includes you and me, has never been poorer. We live in a crazy, upside-down in history, and you know that. I have to say, you know, for better or for worse, occupies a lot of my time, thought, and other things. Like, I, I follow this, you know, like what's really happening in the world, what's happening in Flint, Michigan, what's what's happening in California with that. You know, it's been going on since November, the the big gas leak, you know, all this stuff making people sick, poisoning the atmosphere, and, and they act like it's not going on. They hardly cover it, you know, and finally they go, oh, methane leak in California. My friend, not just a methane leak, and this is just the beginning. As the globe heats up, more and more methane leaks. Oh, man, I was talking to a guy who's one of the smartest people I've ever met he is really really smart he's one of these guys who's so smart it's like rocket scientist level I don't want to tell you what he does for a living because I think that would say too much but let me tell you that he deals with numbers all the time not a teacher or anything like that (laughs) he makes a fortune he's very very well paid when he thinks about what he thinks about anyway he told me he said he said there's no way that we're getting off meth uh fossil fuels. He said, you know, <laughs> we're gonna be using oil till the very last day. And he said, you know, parts of the earth are gonna become uninhabitable. Uh the food supply chain, other things are gonna fall apart and he goes, And when it happens, it's gonna happen fast. Now, doesn't that sound like one of those crazy people from those shows who were living in the bunker with the shotguns and the Dried food pellets and the water bottles going, you know, I'm waiting for the end of the world, right? Doesn't it sound like some kind of crazy talk like that? The thing is, this guy, he's the exact opposite of that. He's, he is literally working for the big corporations in a way that he's able to see all of this so clearly. And he also understands bubbles and banking and money, international finance and business. And he understands the big picture of world trade and how everything is interconnected and how it is affected and what eventually is going to happen. So, you know, if anybody thinks they're going to be turning off, you know, the oil or the gasoline anytime soon and be switching to electric cars and clean energy, it's not going to happen. The corporations won't allow it. And by doing so, have pretty much signed the death warrant of everybody on this planet. No kidding, kids. In 50 to 100 years, this planet is going to be nearly uninhabitable for human beings. We've put so much fossil fuel into the air that then goes into us and the ocean and the ground, superheating the earth. Oh, it's, we are living in a, in a crazy time. And for anyone who studies this, you know what I'm talking about, because what's coming in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years is catastrophic. To our way of life. And, you know, there seems to be no end in sight. Uh, They go and they have, you know, symposiums about it, and people fly in and go, yeah, we've got to do clean energy. In the meantime, they're screaming, you know, dig, baby, dig. You know, let's get the oil, let's get the coal, let's get it all going. We need more oil, we need more coal. And I understand that's what leads to electricity and industrialization, but that's the very thing that's going to undo us. And I'm not pointing any fingers anymore because we all grew up in this. Like, we never had a choice. The electricity was on and they were burning oil to keep the electricity on. This is how it's been since I remember. So, I don't think there's much hope for change as far as changing us from the power grid. It's really a frightening time. So, you know, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, starting to dig a bunk or anything out back. I don't think it's going to come to that for me, but I'll definitely be one of the first to go because I'm a soft artist who needs air conditioning and heat and uh, so on to survive. (laughs) I could not survive in the wild out there, you know, shooting deer and skinning them to live. It's not going to happen. Anyway, I'm being a little facetious there, but maybe not because, you know, I've seen things fall apart before. In history, things have fallen apart. And uh, I don't see that the situation we have now is tenable. It's a house of cards And it just gets worse and worse. And what's going on in Flint, Michigan is just indicative of the whole thing. You know, the governor gave $2 billion back in, you know, tax money to his buddies. And now there was a big shortfall in that state. So he decided against everyone telling him to switch to the bad water supply, which has now poisoned everybody, made everybody sick, and will make people suffer from generations to come. But, you know, he pretends... Not to know what happened. Well, I can tell you what happened. The corporations got $2 billion, and the people of Flint, Michigan, and beyond got screwed. You know, he's just a puppet, the governor. Snyder is just a puppet over there. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know what can be done about it. I don't know what the answer is, because now that we have such money in politics, every single politician is bought and sold. You know, Hillary Clinton is standing on a big bag of money from Wall Street. And so were all the Republicans and the rest of them. Maybe not Bernie Sanders. He seems to be getting private donations. But, you know, when candidates are bought and sold, they're beholden to the people who gave them those billions of dollars. The lobbies and, you know, the super PAC money, they make it sound so sort of not threatening. But all it really is is super, super rich people grafting off the middle class and the lower class. Medical, student loans, insurance, private prisons—this is how the the 1.0% is grifting all the money out of us, the middle class. There's, no, you know, you have no choice now if you go to college but to go into some kind of horrible debt, as if you bought a yacht. You know, there's no chance to build a business in your lifetime because you're horribly in debt. I've often said this, but it seems like there's a level playing field, but there isn't. It's as if you showed up to play Monopoly, but they started the game 100 years earlier than you. All the good properties, all the good things are gone, and they're just charging you rent. You know, we have a lot of freedom in this country, and God bless this country. But the the founding fathers would be sickened by what's happening today. We literally have a bought and sold Congress, uh, and it's horrible. The big corporations run the world and run this country. And they're out of control. All they care about is the next quarter's profits. And they always have to beat that. And And they will destroy themselves to do that. They will, Like a snake that eats its own tail, they will do that to create a profit. You know, they'll cut 100,000 jobs to create a profit when actually you can't cut yourself into profitability. It doesn't work that way. You just keep cutting and cutting and cutting until you end up with the water in Flint, Michigan, and everybody's poisoned. That's exactly what's going on. And we, the poor people, the middle class, we're the ones who it's going to fall on and who are suffering. You think the rich people and their mansions are suffering? Hell no. You know, they confuse us in this country with, you know, Muslims and black people and white people and race. But the real thing that's going on in this country, in this world, is a class struggle between the super rich. Who want everything and everybody else who just wants to survive and make a living and provide for their family. That's the fact. Anyway, that's what consumes me most of the time uh, in my thoughts. And I'm really hoping that someday a leader is going to step forward in this country and help bail us out of this. Someone who can do it, because we are in trouble. You know, I think we need a coalition of states to come together and to have political reform and a whole bunch of other things. This has been suggested by Elizabeth Warren and other people who are a lot smarter than me. And I think that's what has to be done, but it's not going to be done because the corporations are going to throw billions and billions of dollars at this to make sure it's not done. And that's the part that's so scary and so frustrating. What kind of world are we providing for our children? We're just going deeper into some crazy debt all the time it's a house of cards and it can't last anyway i was fortunate enough to be able to draw all day today i'm sitting here now inking uh uh, i'm doing six panel pages here in this one section of the book so i'm inking panel four right now and i'm going to ink panel five and uh onto some coloring and then off to bed so that's what i've been doing today uh, things have been busy here in the art studio. Been very uh, happy with how things are going, so no complaints. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio. Keep carrying on, keep doing your thing, and have a great day. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.